Welcome to Health Raisers. Health Raisers don't just survive, together we thrive. I'm your host, Dr. Nadine. interesting, but when you follow your heart, it guides you and more and more wonderful things come into your life that you Mm. just don't plan for. Mm. It's all connected. Body, mind, spirit, emotions, intellect, and relationships. So far, we have been talking to medical healthcare professionals about how to take care of themselves so that they can take care of the people they serve better. Compassionate caregivers deserve care too. Now it's time to move on to emotional health. And we're going to talk about showing love, showing love through the work that you do. Our guests will be singer, and painter, Martha Carey, Broadway singer and actress, Anika Larson, coach, real estate broker and writer, Michael Feely, and the amazing musical artist, Charles Wilson, also known as Black Bach. Up first is Martha Carey, a remarkable artist I happened to meet in the little town of Sawyer, Michigan. I kept driving by her building, wondering what it was for the longest time, And finally, my curiosity got the best of me, and I decided to stop on a lovely summer day. It looked like a little garage. There were colorful, large red cutout cardboard, doggy-shaped figures standing in the front of her place. I was with my daughter, and I decided to stop and go in. Not only was there art all over the walls, but a table in the center showcasing pins and buttons and trinkets to take home. We wound up having the best conversation and I couldn't be more excited to share Martha's journey with all of you. Please enjoy. wish to say first off that when you entered my little studio, my humble little studio with your daughter, you both radiated such warmth and such a beautiful light that I was absolutely thrilled to meet you and I was delighted that you found me because uh, my little studio is a is kind of an enigmatic little place. It's um, a little bit mysterious and it takes a little bit of courage as well, I think, for somebody to embark onward and um, and make an appearance. And I love when when folks do pop in and you radiated something very, very special along with your daughter. And I, I'll never forget that moment and that day. When I create my work, it truly emanates from my heart. I cannot create something which does not emanate from my heart. And I have loved creatures 
and animals and dogs and horses. And I have loved animals since I was a very, very young child. It was undeniable. I was drawn to them and I loved to communicate with them in my own way and to respect them and to cherish them. They communicate in a different way than we humans do. However, they do communicate and it's very strong. You just need, need to listen and, and observe. It's fascinating though. You, it's not like I brought my dogs to the studio. How were you able to capture the spirit? What, what we did do, so the audience would know this, but you asked me to send you as many photos as I could and to write little stories about the dogs. And I didn't really understand necessarily why I was doing that, but I thought, you know, I trust the artist and she's going to get the information she needs from these. So what was it about not meeting my actual dogs, but getting that material that enabled you to bring them to life. I wanted to get to know them a little bit, as much as possible, through your eyes and your, um, your living with them. And I just then channel it. I don't consciously do anything. I just, I read about these little beauties and I look into their eyes and I look at the different pictures and I could see the love. And again, it's a feeling. I just go with a feeling. And as I'm painting and draw, I start out in pencil and so forth. I'm not really sure where it's taking me, but um, I, I let it happen. I just let it happen. So how do you channel this passion, not just for a beloved dog or cat parent, but tell us about the work that you do with My Rescue. Yes. So professionally and educationally, I've been trained uh, as a, an opera singer. So I have, I've had a quite um, a wonderful career on stage, but I have always, always created visual art since a child. And I, I just did a lecture recently at a gallery and not until I did that lecture did it occur to me um, when I was a very young child, I might have been four, I had asked my parents for a coloring book. And my father said, well, we're not going to give you a coloring book. But instead, he gave me a ream of blank paper and the Crayola crayons. And he said, you draw your own things. Don't draw into the lines of of another. I won't just draw your own things. Wow. So I was kind of disappointed at first because I wanted probably a particular Donald Duck or something <laughs> at the time. But um, from a very young age, I've always then drawn things out of my own, own imagination. And I even created a little sculpture. I recently came across it. I had gifted it to my father when I, when I was about seven years old. And it was a little sculpture, much like the pieces I'm doing today, although I'm doing them large scale and in steel. Mm -hmm. But at that time, it was created out of wood and I painted it. And it took me a very long time to do it. And it was a little animal, neither a dog nor a kitty. It had like these fluffy ears. It's really cute. But at any rate, um, I've always um, created art. And even um, after my university training and all of that, I, um, I had collected a series of drawings I had done of a little pony named Paddle Pops and a little dog named Ruggles. And I um, wanted to somehow 
protect them. They were my designs. Mm. And I met with, um, with an attorney. I was like 20. And I, I asked him, how do I just protect my, des- these are my designs? And he said, Martha, the best way is to put them into um, some sort of a volume, like a, a bound volume, so that you don't have to do each one separately. Because I had quite a plethora of, of little creatures. And I decided to do a coloring book. And I gathered up all the courage in my heart. And I actually couldn't afford to publish a coloring book or to print it. It had many pages, like 40 pages. So I took my little drawings and somehow I, I got an appointment with the owner of Meyer stores, which we all know now. Meyer is a supermarket and more. And the owner at that time was an elderly man named Frederick Meyer. And he actually saw me in his office. So as this 20-year-old, I, I came in with this little portfolio of all of my drawings. And I said, Mr. Meyer, um, if I'm to create a children's coloring book using my little drawings, would you be interested in purchasing any of them? And bless his heart, I hadn't even done it yet, but he did an advanced order of 10,000 before just based on the drawing. So that allowed me to publish them. And um, that was kind of just a fun thing that I was doing. And I was, it was just very gratifying to see People, and this is the funny thing too, I was doing this lecture at a gallery and a woman came up to me afterward and she said, Martha, I had one of your coloring books. Oh my goodness. Is that crazy? That's crazy. So um, it's very interesting, but when you follow your heart, it guides you and more and more wonderful things come into your life that you Mm. just don't plan for. Mm. So it was almost like full circle. So you wanted that coloring book at a young age. Thank your dad for not giving you the coloring You're book. You're right, coloring book. I just thought of that. I just realized. So you could yes, make I made my own. own coloring book. That's amazing. Yeah. So how did that lead to your community uh, work? So, uh, again, I've always loved animals, and I had a little dog named Peachy, and she lived in Chicago with me when I was in the city, and she was my heart. And the very... Um, the very sad part about all of this are that our little our little fur babies don't live on the same time frame as we do. So after at the age of 16, I lost her, and it was such a painful experience for me that I didn't think I could ever ever have another little doggy in my life. Just that just the pain was immeasurable. And nine and a half years later, and I used to look on petfinder.com to get like my little dog fix. Every night I was like looking and looking and looking at dogs because I just love them. They're so sweet. I must have looked at thousands, I don't more than thousands. One day um, a little dog's face popped up there and she was a little rescue doggy. And I noticed that she was somewhat local. She was in a shelter in St. Joseph, Michigan called Save Astray. And I thought, oh my gosh, I just need to meet her. Mm. I filled out all the paperwork and, and everything like that. And a very lovely couple brought this little creature to meet me. She was a delight. She had just been spayed and she was about five months old. And they rescued her, yeah, from a kill shelter. She and her brother were to have been euthanized, which is just um, something you can't even fathom. 
So I was extremely impressed with the volunteers at this shelter. I mean, and I don't even think there was a physical shelter, but they were fostering uh, mm. these little dogs with nine pugs, reportedly. <laughs> wow. So to make a long story short, I was honored and granted adoption of Poppy. She brought such joy and laughter and love into my life again. And never a replacement for a lost, one, a lost fur baby, but an, an addition to the family. At that time, um, I'm married to a sculptor and he was moving into steel at the time and he was making these abstract steel forms. And I said, Fritz, I wanna, I wanna make a steel dog. Will you show me how? I mean, I've made them in wood before, but I, I wanna make a steel one. And he said, well, do you have the drawing? Because you have to start with a drawing. And we were having coffee that morning. And I said, hold on one second. And I literally took my little paper napkin. I went upstairs with a, a Sharpie, black Sharpie, and I did a little sketch within 90 seconds. And I was back down and I presented it to Fritz on the table. And he picked up the napkin and he said, this is it? And I said, yes, I really like that one. <laughs> and he said, you're not gonna develop it and perfect it? And mm. I said, no, I, this is really sweet. I like this. Mm. Mm. So I went on to, and he helped me to learn how to etch it into the steel and cut it and weld it to the little base and so forth. And I was so pleased. I thought it was the happiest little thing. I made six of them in different colors. And I literally put them on a windowsill, an old windowsill in, in our little gallery. And uh, within a week, they were all sold. And everybody individually said to me, Martha, I love this little dog. It reminds me of your rescue dog. It looks like Poppy. Hmm. And I hadn't really meant to draw Poppy. This is, was a little dog that sprang from my heart. Mm -hmm. And I said, you know, I guess it does look like Poppy. And she is my rescue. So I'm going to call her my rescue. And literally, that is how it started. Uh, that year, a little bit, maybe a month later, I again gathered up all the courage in my heart. And I decided I was going to apply to Art Prize in Grand Rapids. And I was going to see if someone, a venue, would take these dogs if I were to enlarge them five feet in height. And I wanted to do like red, orange, yellow, green, blue. I wanted to do a, a beautiful mm -hmm. kind of um, a beautiful series all together. And I even innovated a way that the, um, the little notch in the tail would fit like a puzzle piece into the chest of the next dog. So they actually fit like a puzzle. Oh my goodness. Yeah, I and it was just so exciting that. to me. And I added a little heart and I, I called it my rescue and I applied and I received so many venues who wanted this. I was, I was in shock and I was just so pleased. And I decided to, um, to exhibit with the Gerald R. Ford Museum because they had this beautiful venue against a fountain and I thought it would be stunning. And that really began a whole movement 
which I never anticipated. I was still singing great, a great deal, still performing as I am still today. But this, this little dog, which was drawn on a napkin, took off big time. And I started to meet people who came out of nowhere uh, directors of humane societies, um, people with the shopping classes. Vets, the local vets. I saw your work at my vet's <laughs> Yes, did you see a doctor? Yes, at, yeah. uh, at uh, the an, um, New Buffalo Animal mm. Hospital mm -hmm. and animal shelters mm -hmm. um, in Indiana and elsewhere. My works are, are everywhere now. And I could tell you about some of my very wonderful public pieces because it just thrills me. I just did a big installation in Jackson, Michigan, of one of my big pieces. And the response is wonderful. I'm hearing from people, uh, Poppy has a Facebook, and I'm hearing from <sighs> people who they, they before I even announced it, were private messaging. Oh my gosh, I recognized your work and we're so excited to have it in our community. It's just been the most rewarding and the most exciting and exhilarating venture for me. And I have been blessed to be able to help animals and animal shelters with my work. Okay, yes. so Martha, give us some hope. First of all, let me ask you about the napkin. Did you keep the napkin? I have a copy of it on a little sheet of a ripped paper that I had to transfer it to because the napkin was bleeding. Mm -hmm. So yes, I have that and it's hanging in my little Home studio. Wonderful. I because have it. What does it mean to you? Because how can, when I say give us hope, you are doing something that's organic. It's not necessarily planned. And the reason why I say that is because, yes, you're educated, you did go to university and, and all that. I went through a very traditional track to become a physician, and there were there were guardrails, is what I'm trying to say. But what is what is impressing me about your story is that you're just being yourself. You're just, you're not overthinking things. You're not talking about perfection. As a matter of fact, as a recovering perfectionist, it really spoke <laughs> to me when your husband looked at you and said, what do you mean? You, you don't want to do anything more with this. And you, you, you just had the, the conviction to say, this is what I want. And what draws me to your work really, um, and I will be posting pictures, dear listeners, they are very clean, clear, simple lines, yet they say so much. How did you know to stop there? Well, so the question is two parts. Living in your truth and your simplicity and not planning your life in a very rigid way. What would you say to a person who's too afraid to take those steps that you've taken? And how do you stand in your truth and continue to express yourself and say that this is enough? First of all, it takes a great deal of courage, and I will say that sometimes, to, to put your work out before a jury or a public. And I remember when my five My Rescue Dogs and the bright colors were first delivered and installed, they had a team of men to put them, because they're heavy, they're steel. I was elated. I was so excited. I love them, but I thought, okay, I, they're out there now. Uh, I love them and I believe in them. I really wasn't sure how the public would react. And I, I've been <laughs> continued to be tickled at how, how much they're loved. To this day, I'm hearing people who 
will meet me at my little studio now and say, oh my God, I have pictures of myself next to these <laughs> sculptures from 2012 in front of the <laughs> Ford Museum. And they are very recognizable for some reason. My work, I'm not trained at all in art or anything like that, but if I like it, then I, I'm happy with it. You know, that takes, that still, I feel that takes so much courage because how do you, have you ever grappled with imposter syndrome? No. Hmm. You're, you're rare. I've encountered so many creatives who yes. are very talented, yes. who are too afraid to show, too afraid to share. They think that they can't make a career out of doing something that they love or that people will not like the work. And so why bother disappointing themselves? All sorts of reasons to get yes. in the way of really putting something so profound out there. I mean, you had no idea drawing Poppy on a napkin would lead you to Not a clue. so many great opportunities. Yes, and it wasn't even Poppy. It was, I told Fritz I wanted to do a dog, hmm. but it became Poppy because each of the six patrons who purchased one of my original eight-inch said to me, and they, it was all on different days, they said, this is your new rescue dog. I didn't, but it is Poppy, but it's also every dog. Mm. It really, many people see their own sweet dog in this little, in this little drawing. And I think the honesty about it is what speaks to people. Mm. It's just, it's honest. There's nothing pretentious about it. It's, um, it's, and it comes from my sincere love. If you really are true to what you're doing, nobody can stand in your way. Hmm. And I also think that you talked about courage. So I'm learning through our discussion more about my evolution in this. I think that since I was a five-year-old child and I stood on stage because I was the soloist for the Mother's Day concert in my elementary school, it takes it does take courage to get out and express yourself vocally or on stage. Mm -hmm. I'm used to being <laughs> petrified of that mm. right before you go on stage. And, and it's because you want to be the very, very best that you can be. And I've encountered the top professionals I sing with at Lyric, like Marilyn Horn or Pavarotti. They also had gone through this. So it's, it doesn't go away and it doesn't make you any less of a professional, but some of the very top people still experience this right before they go. Once you get out there, it's great, but it does take courage, get out there. And I think it was, it was funny. I, I, I felt before I applied with my work for that first exhibition, I felt that was almost harder than getting up on stage and singing an entire Don Giovanni or mm. something. It was really crazy. And now my works are in the Norton Museum in Palm Beach. They're in the museum store. They're, they've been exhibited in, in the Muskegon Museum of Art. I mean, my works, the Ellis Sharp Museum, my works are actually being juried into bonafide museum shows. And I'm just delighted because behind the beauty and the simplicity of my work, there's a message. And my message really is to be respectful and kind to our little creatures, to provide a safe and lo loving home, 
and to really consider adoption. Whether a dog is adopted from a shelter or you know, somebody um, procures a dog and adds this dog to their family by other means, my bottom line is a safe and loving home. Mm-hmm. I have learned from my experiences. Absolutely, that's so beautifully said. delighted because I love animals and I, I've been able to help. And I will just tell you just a few of the many entities because my audience has educated me about certain shelters that I was unaware of or certain organizations. Beautiful. One, um, one is devoted to uh, senior dogs. Mm. And I love that because many times a senior dog perhaps and I don't like to use the word owner. Perhaps their parent, their their paw parent passed away or they came down with some uh, health issues that the paw, the, the parent can't quite do Something we wouldn't necessarily think of. Yes. Yeah. And these little, these little creatures end up in a shelter. And there are senior sanctuaries. So I just want to put that out there. there um, people need to be aware of that. Mm-hmm. There is another that has come into the news just recently again, called the Beagle Freedom Project out Mm. of California. Mm. Occasionally we'll do a work of art and I will auction it. And the winner of that work of art, I will reach out to and I will ask, where would you like the money to go? You, You get a nice original work of art. I'm going to donate the monies in full to whatever entity you choose. And the Beagle Freedom Project was something I'd never heard of. Animals are tested upon, and we know that. They, um, apparently, beagles are chosen because they're very forgiving animals and they're caged well oh. and so forth. And recently, the, this made the news because beagles were being used in an inhumane fashion. And I say this with such trepidation. Uh, I hate to talk about that, but they're vocal cords were actually cut so that when they were in agony, they, the lab people mm. couldn't hear it. Mm. So that's the other thing. I always choose a positive way to show my work. There are a lot of sad stories, unfortunately, in humanity to our little creatures. But I always, even in the most dire condition, will use a happy way of conveying this. Um, of conveying something to just educate. Those were just a couple of examples. There's another I, I want to talk about really quickly. It's in Florida, and it's called Satchel's Last Resort. And this woman is so dedicated. I have been donating to her as well. She takes dogs, primarily dogs. She might have other animals as well, who perhaps uh, have a history of... Um, mental issues or biting or something like Mm -hmm. that. And they're very, really not adoptable Mm -hmm. through other means. And she has created acreage in a sanctuary. And these animals can come to her and live their lives there. And she takes them individually for car rides and so forth. And when, when I went with Poppy, it did provide a little bit of a dilemma because she couldn't really find an animal who would pose for a picture with Poppy without putting Poppy in a little bit of danger. Sure. 
So we did find one who had just come out of surgery with a cone <laughs> because we do like to educate and post about these mm. other organizations around the country. Mm-hmm. I don't donate to um, to international right now. I really kind of want to know within our country mm-hmm. kind of where the funds are going. Or mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, Another way in which I help, and I'm so delighted when people reach out to me, an organization called Second Chance Cocker Rescue came up to me. Now, this is breed-specific. So when people say, oh, Martha, well, I would adopt, but I want a specific breed, you actually can find that mm-hmm. if you... Do a little, if you're patient, Mm -hmm. and do a little homework. But uh, this is located in Santa Barbara, California, and I actually created, uh, and I I love it so much, it's a little cocker, and and it's got a heart, and um, we did tote bags and T-shirts and everything in different colors, and all the proceeds went to help that organization. So I'm not always giving money, but I will use my artistry to help a, a particular rescue mm-hmm. in a particular method mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and uh, Colorado Pug Rescue. I could go on. So I'm really proud of that as well. It's not always money I'm giving. Sometimes I give my artistry, if that makes any that sense. That makes absolute sense. And wow, is your work fascinating. It's inspiring. I hope so many people can draw as much inspiration and joy and hope and although maybe they can't really feel what we're feeling right now and having this conversation and being in the same room, you're just remarkable. And I'm so happy that I, my daughter and I stopped and walked in and had this amazing conversation with you. I look forward to so many more. Any way I can help in the show notes, I will definitely post about your work and any charities that people feel drawn to learn more about, please do so. As we're winding down, I have a couple more questions for you. Sure. I'm wondering if you have anything you're curious about to ask me. Yes, I do. On a daily basis, Mm. in the most simple form, I just wanted to know what makes you smile. That's my question for you. A couple of things. As I'm growing older, I just turned 50 over the summer, I am so much more appreciative of the, the things that count and more willing to let go of the things that don't count. And I'm getting more comfortable with simplicity. So the little details on the daily basis, such as my daughters sending me, they're adults and they don't live with us. They're in school, but they send a little text something funny or uh, share a little piece of information or did you hear about this or did you hear this piece of music? So those make me smile. They, they just make me feel like as an adult parent, uh, as a parent of adults, I was so worried when I became an empty nester and you know, we all get busy and we have our lives, but the connection that was so important to me is it's still there because my daughters voluntarily text me, and my dogs. So just waking up in the morning and getting that enthusiastic greeting when they sleep in the room with me, and when I get out of the bed and they both rush up to me and just are so happy to see me just in a pure form, what's better than that? Real love. 
So thank you for that question. Sure, thank you for that beautiful answer. <laughs> My final question is, Yes. what is your personal definition of what it means to be healthy? I think that's a multifaceted answer. Mm. And I think the balance comes into my comes into play. I uh, I feel that we must treat our bodies with the utmost respect. I feel that the body needs to be exercised. I feel it needs good nutrition and hydration. And these come about as a singer too, but I I mean because my instrument my body is my instrument, but even if I weren't a singer, I know I would ascribe to this because, again, my dad, uh, he gave me the gift. He gave myself and my siblings the gift of exercise and stressed the importance of it. And he, he walked the walk, too. He would do as many uh, push-ups as his age. So mm. when he, he turned 90, it was pretty amazing to see him do the 90 oh push-ups. Uh, he... He instilled that in us, and I feel that it's really, really important to oxygenate the blood and, and, to, and to feed yourself well. I don't believe in abusing the body through, through substances. I just don't, I, I personally don't believe in that. I think that life has so much to offer mm. that why would I dis wish to distort it for even a moment? Mm. And also to, to follow your heart, I think that's healthy. Have the courage to do so, even though sometimes it really does take a lot of courage, but it's okay. That's lovely. And what a way to close our conversation because that is what, the biggest lesson that I've taken from you is the courage just to be you because we all have something special and wonderful to give yes. and to show love to our communities and the people around us that matter. And, and you just don't know what might happen right. or what you might have missed if you didn't take that initial step. Right. And I've, that's really profoundly demonstrated to me by, by your, your body of work. So thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you. And I don't know if this is um, kind of crossing the line. It, it's okay, mm -hmm. but I wonder if you might delight us with a little bit of um, spontaneous singing right now. Oh, my goodness. Well, I have something that I would love to, uh, to do for you. We live Potato salad.
If you're feeling unbalanced and you want more, you want a more integrated, balanced, healthier outlook, showing up with your whole self to your whole life, let's connect. Find me at npkhealthintegration.com.